Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 256. Let's get productive. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, um, he once wore Nike and Adidas clothing at the same time, Pat Flynn. What up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. We're continuing our theme of the month here in March of 2016, and that is prioritization and productivity. And uh, we're going to continue that by talking with Mike Vardy from productivityist.com. That's spelled productivityist.com. He is somebody who, uh, ever since I've started learning about him and what he does, who I consider to be a master of productivity. He teaches other people how to teach other people and their clients how to be productive. And so this is gonna be a great episode. I learned a lot while talking with Mike. Uh, I actually got to meet him in person quite a few times in the past, and I, did, I didn't really know what he did until I knew I was gonna be interviewing him, and then uh, upon doing research, I was just I got really excited. And actually, at the beginning of this episode, I learned that I'm doing something myself that he teaches other people too, which was nice confirmation for me that I'm sort of doing things the right way. So you can uh, begin to understand how uh, you can make progress on projects, you can say yes or no to the right things, how to make sure you're saying yes to the right opportunities, how to um, you know balance things so that you're not getting overwhelmed. I mean, there's, there's so much gold information in this episode. I think it's gonna be one of those episodes that I refer to time and time again in the future. So uh, here, he, here he is. This is Mike Vardy from productivityist.com. And make sure you stay uh, stay till the end because he has a cool little freebie for you. Uh, so here he is, Mike Vardy from Productivityist.com. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Mike Vardy to the show. Mike, thank you for joining me and everybody else listening today on the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Pat. Really appreciate it. You know, I'm super stoked because your uh, business and your website, it's called Productivityist.com, uh, and I highly recommend everybody go there. I think productivity is one of those topics that we all could obviously use some coaching and some help on. And it's something that we're always uh, focused on too because there's so many tools out there, there's so many methods, and I wanna uh, dive into this topic and ask a pretty hard question to answer, and that is like, how do we 
best approach the work that we do to be the most efficient person possible? Let's just start there and then we'll see where it goes. Sure. That's a that's a big question to unpack, but we'll start there. I think that one of the big things that people do when they're trying to get all the things done that they really need and want to do is that it's important to kind of uh, give your brain a break and, and give yourself these waypoints that your brain can connect to. That's, that's how I teach productivity. When I teach productivity, I want to personalize it as much as possible. So mm-hmm. one of the things I do is I will – I recommend that people, you know, they, they, they theme – uh, more of their days and their weeks and their months and things like that. So that way, when they start off their work day, instead of saying, oh, it's Monday, let me look at the list of all the things I need to do, and it looks like a giant laundry list, they instead you know, have a theme for each day that says, okay, Monday is administrative day. Okay, well, let me look at all the administrative tasks that I, uh, that I need and, and want to do. Mm-hmm. And so you're segmenting your list down so that instead of you know giving your brain a way out of into that resistance mode, you know, if you ask yourself, Hey, what do I need to do next? Oh man, that, 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 that list could be infinite. But if you say, well, it's Monday, Monday's admin day. Okay. Well, what do I need to do in that category? So I think it's really important to start to segment your, your to-do list and your, and your tasks. And again, using your calendar and and a task management application or, or a day planner in tandem is a real great way to do that because again, your brain can only hold so much information and your brain is meant to be the idea generator, you know, I I throw this phrase around a lot. Your mind is meant to be a factory, not a warehouse. Mm. And if we, if we start to uh, really, you know, kind of keep all these things in our head and don't have these quick triggers that our brain can look to, to say, Oh, well, here's, here's the path forward. Um, We're going to, we're going to struggle with, with moving things forward. So I think that that's one place that I like to start. And, and it, it works with a lot of the clients I work with and it works for people that are from the, from the stay at home parent, to the CEO, it, it, you know, as it, everyone's going to have their own personal approach to it. But if you start to break things down and give yourself these triggers, you can go a long way. I really like the themed idea, partly because that's what I use. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I didn't yeah. know that that was like a, a, a way to do it until I started doing it. And I was like, wow, this actually is helping me with my approach to each day and deciding whether or not I had a sort of, I, 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 end the, I end each day considering if it was a win or a loss. That's been really helpful for me too. And having it uh, be around a certain theme helps me achieve a win more often every single day. And and so that I'm glad you started with that because I think that we all have so many things going on. And now let me give you the overview of what my themed days look sure. like just so you know. And I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but but a good recap for everybody just in case. So Monday, I approach Monday as my writing day. And my team knows this, I know this, and I go in and I open up a Google Doc that's already uh, ready for me that is something that we had decided I was gonna write a while back because we have these planning uh, meetings and we uh, look ahead in our editorial calendar and whatnot. Because the thing that I was working toward in 2016 was I wanna get rid of as much of that time as possible where I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. That is just such a time suck and, a, and and it makes me feel depressed when I get into that mode because I feel like I'm wasting time and I'm taking not time just away from my business and things I, I could be doing, but also time away from my kids and that, that's a big motivator for me. So now even when I write, I go in, open a Google Doc and I can see and have a starting point already. I already know what blog post I'm writing on Monday. I already know uh, a few of the major points and things that I want to cover in that blog post. So again, I'm, I'm no longer thinking, well, what am I supposed to do now? So Mondays are my writing days, uh, whether it's for my blog or emails or guest posts or whatever. Tuesdays are my recording days. So that's podcasts that, uh, you know, interviews where I have people on my show or I record solo episodes or I schedule when I'm on other people's shows on Tuesdays too. Wednesday is my meeting day, and that's when I 
can only allow myself, unless it's like an emergency, to meet with people. And I have team meetings that day. I have meetings in person or lunches scheduled on that day. If people come down to San Diego and, and that's sort of my meeting day and that's all I do. Uh, Thursday, and then Thursday and Friday are like cleanup, you know, in case I miss something or, or whatever. And that seems to work out for me. What Do, do you have a, do, do you practice this as well? What do your days look like? I do. And actually I do it for all seven days of the week. Okay. And, the re- and the reason is because, again, your brain can connect to like on Saturday. I'll start with Sunday. Actually, I start my I start my work week on a Sunday. Okay. And so Sunday is my planning day. So when I wake up on Sunday morning, I don't you know, I don't again, I have that that same thing that you have. I have this this path forward. So, I'm like, OK, well, Sunday's my planning. Day. So that's when I do all of my planning, all of my kind of my deep planning stuff that happens on Sunday. Monday is my admin day. And the reason and 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 to, to clarify, and I think you've done this as well, is when you when you're starting to theme your days, work from your certainties backwards. So in other words, if you know that your kids are home from school on Saturday and Sunday, you're not going to make it a recording day because that'd be absolutely ridiculous. Totally, so right. when you when you theme, you should work backwards from the things, you know, and then you fill in the blanks afterwards. Right. So Monday is my admin day. The reason it's my admin day is my wife is a partner on the business. She's home with me that day. So we do a lot of like the finance work and stuff like that and and mm. any administrative work we need to do. Tuesday is my writing day, uh, and that's because I want to, like you, I want to get that stuff done early on in the week, and then I can, you know, more do more deep work later in the week, and we'll get to that in a second. Wednesday is my audio video day, so like you, my it's kind of my recording day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot more audio than video, although I am exploring more video in in in, in the coming months. Uh, but that's uh, I. I designed that day to stri- strictly go around that. And, and what was interesting is that when my son was out of school, when I, I was watching my son from home, Wednesday used to be my daddy duty day because he wasn't in daycare that day. And Friday was my audio video day. Mm-hmm. Well, once he went to school, I would get to audio video day, and which was now Friday, I'd be exhausted. And the reason is because I was never working six days in a row before that. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I, I had the, so you, the nice thing about theme days too is you can move them. If you feel it's not working, instead of trying to move a whole bunch of items, you just move the day and the, and the items will follow. Thursday is my um, training day. So what that is, is it's training myself. So any self-development I want to do, training my my wife is also home that day. So she's learning more about online business and stuff. So I help her with that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, I do a lot of reading that day. So that's my, that's what I use for Thursdays. And Friday is my deep work day. So no one, I have, I generally have no, again, unless it's an emergency or something happens, I have no meeting schedule that day, nothing. It's just deep work, no social media. I'll have scheduled stuff in advance. I dive into the deep work throughout the course of that day. And then Saturday is my family day. And uh, you, you might think, okay, well, wait a minute. There's only one family day in there. True, but I also, since my wife uh, works uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, she's an acupuncturist, so she works out of out of her office there. Mm-hmm. Um, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, my kids are out of school at 2.15, 2.30. So I'm giving them nine extra hours during that time. So I kind of categorize that time as family time. My work day is done at 2.15. So nice. I kind of take it from there. And that's how I've done it. And and one of the things that's really, really interesting for people who, if you don't think you can theme your days, like you and I have a lot more flexibility because we run our own businesses, but there's other people who have the nine to five jobs and they say, oh, my days are too dynamic. It's still important to theme your days because what about before you go to the office? What about when you get home? If you want to move things forward, whether it's, you know, for a side hustle you might be working on, or maybe you just want to have a more fulfilling life in general, theming those days, even though your nine to five might be very dynamic and you, and you don't feel you can do that, it's still something that you can tether, tether to and move forward and be more productive. Right. Uh, one thing that I've done on the personal side of things recently in terms of theming is I've been meal prepping. So on Sunday, I spend a couple hours 
uh, going to the grocery store, coming back home, cooking everything that I'm going to be eating for the rest of the week. And mm-hmm. that, that's been really handy too. So uh, yeah, it's not just work-related stuff. It's, it's all the stuff that goes uh, you know, around with, with whatever's happening in your life. So that, that, that's awesome. And I want to ask you, how did you get into teaching productivity? I'm, I'm curious. You know, we gave everybody a quick win right now, theme, theme your days, which I think is a, a, a huge one. Um, and we'll get into some more tactics and stuff. I'd love to also dive in. I know you do you, uh, a lot of client work uh, and help people with productivity. I want to I want to dive into that. And there's also this, um, like we talked about right before the show started, uh, something about your book, uh, which which is really interesting. Well, we'll get into those things, but really quick, like what's the story of Mike Vardy? How how did you get started with all this? Well, I was working at Costco. I worked at Costco for 12 years. I used to live near Toronto, uh, Ontario, and I moved out west to Victoria, BC, which is where I live now. Mm -hmm. And I was working for Costco at the time. I was a manager, and I was managing two different areas of the building. And if you've ever been to a Costco, you know where the hot dog place is, the Buck 99 hot dog. I opened that that department. I was the manager of that department. I was also the manager of the area that sold the rotisserie chickens, which is at the exact opposite end of the warehouse. And the, the reason I had to get into productivity at that point in time, and there was no real like, you know, digital tools that you could use. I was using like day planners and stuff is because the, the hot dog stand is all impulse buys. You know, I mean, people are not going in there to plan on buying a hot dog and pop. They happen to do it more often than not, but it's more customer service oriented. Whereas working in the service deli, it's more merchandising. So it's more planning, making sure you have enough food out for people, not so much front facing stuff. So I had to try to switch modes between being, you know, the customer service person versus the, the merchandising person. Mm -hmm. So I really had to unpack that stuff and that's kind of where it all got started. But then during my stay at Costco, I got back into comedy, which is what I did you know, in high school and, and I was going to go to theater school after comedy, it. like stand up. Yep. I did improv. Sketch so and cool. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, so I, uh, got it back into improv with my roommate. My roommate and I were quite, we, we joked a lot. He said, you know what? You should come to this improv class. And I did. And I was hooked. That was it. And my oh, career at Costco started to, started to shift. Um, I eventually, so I was trying to now manage a comedy career and Costco and plus I just met my wife. So we were, I was dating and I was trying to do all this stuff. So I started to study like the David Allens and the Stephen Coveys and I, Mm -hmm. I bought the Tony Robbins time of your life stuff and I was right into all that stuff. And as I slowly made my way out of Costco, I went from being a full-time manager to a part-time door greeter. Like when I was ready to make the jump into working online, I didn't outright quit, I, but I, I did something that no one really had heard of before there is I said, oh, I was a manager and now I just want to be the guy clicking at the, at the door. But it freed my mind up to work on, on, the, on the productivity stuff. But I was doing productivity comedy initially. I was doing a productivity parody site called – initially it was called Effing the Dog, which was a parody of getting things done. It was FTD instead of GTD and getting things done is the David Allen methodology that I'm sure uh, some of you might know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I started to interview people like Seth Godin and Jonathan Colton and David Allen for a podcast that I had that was called Eventualism. And David Allen's people said, hey, you know what? You're you're pretty funny with this stuff. You're satirizing it. So you must know a lot about it. Would you like to write for the Getting Things Done blog? And I said, sure. And they said, just don't make fun. Just don't make fun of us. I said, that's fine. I could do that. And that started me down the path to become becoming the productivity specialist uh, and then eventually strategist, which is where the term productivity came from. Mm -hmm. I became the very thing I was parodying. But it, it was a long – I mean you, you've seen that diagram online where it's like the path to success is not a straight line. I, you know, I mean it was, it was 
this was not what I imagined I would be doing at all. And now I get to do the stuff. I get to perform on stage. You and I have spoken at the same events. That's something I wanted to do with comedy. I, I did have it. I mean, I worked in improv. I did stand up. Uh, my sketch troupe performed at San Francisco Sketch Fest and, you know, and at DC Comedy Fest. We did a lot of that stuff. So I got to marry the comedy career, which um, I don't know if you know this, Pat, but it, you, you don't make a lot of money doing comedy. It's, uh, it's you know, it's not something mm-hmm. you can generally make a lot of money doing versus uh, now I get to you know help people, entertain them, inform them all at the same time. And that's kind of how I, I, I got to where I am now. Nice. Well, thank you for that Costco-sized sampling of your life. Bam! <laughs> Terrible. I'm sorry, everybody. But anyway, no, I'm, that that's super cool. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know that backstory uh, behind all that. And now, again, Productivityist. Uh, so productivityist.com is where you can find Mike Vardy. Mike, how would how would you define productive? What does that what does that really mean to you? So productive means to me the term productivity is intention plus attention. That's how I look at it. So, you know, a lot of people will say efficiency and effectiveness. I think that the way you want to be productive is you have your intentions and you want to make sure you have ways to pay attention to them. And one of the things a lot of people do is they have they pay attention to the wrong things. So their intentions never get moved forward. Well, then you're not really being productive. Mm -hmm. And if you have all these intentions, but you're not actually having a way like a framework, like we just talked about the theming of your days to pay attention to them then you're not moving those intentions forward, so you're also not being productive. So to me, being productive means marrying your intentions with the right amount of attention. When you work with clients, what is the number one thing that is holding them back from being productive in that uh, definition? Uh, They are overwhelmed by the amount of inputs coming at them. So email, uh, you know, uh, assignments from other people, uh, possibly even the environment that they're in, a lot of meetings, things like that. So they're feeling overwhelmed and they 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 just are basically a lot of them are using their email inbox as a way to manage their tasks, which is one of the worst things you can do. Uh, And a lot of them are just feeling that they don't have control over their day. And so they let that they let that go. They say, well, you know, I've got this job and I'm working nine to five. And I guess this is just the way it is. And it doesn't have to be that way. So when I work with them, I show them, you know, hey, here's how you can whether you want to just get through today, which is where you start with the the idea of the daily map, which is one of the aspects of the now year method, which is what I teach. Or uh, you want to have the bigger vision where you talk about the three words for your year and then you go into monthly theming and stuff like that. I can work both ways with clients. And it allows them to kind of say, oh, you know what? I, I, I can deal with the things I need to do. I can decide on the things that I ought to do and ought, and ought not do and then ultimately do more of what I want to do. But it involves like kind of putting some frameworks in play because frameworks are what foster freedom more than anything else. Yeah, I mean we talked about the frameworks and the themings of the of the week already and, and mm-hmm. I was going to follow up what you had touched on this already with, okay, it, it's great to kind of – come up with this framework but in the day-to-day we get bombarded like you said overwhelmed with all the other people's attention that they want from us and so how do we even start to to balance that there are so many things where does one even start to to begin is it simply cutting one off from certain things or is it actually theming when you answer your emails and allowing other people to to kind of poke at you when when they need things How, how does that all work it's all it's all dependent on, on obviously the situation. That's why I teach personal productivity, because there's a lot of people that just they feel that they have to. The pull of email is too too alluring for them based on the work they have. But email is a great place to start because you said do you block out time to answer email. I would say yes. You 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 have in your task list like I'm going to check email at this time and this time and this time. If you can do that, if you can't do that, then there are tools out there that allow you to 
delay the sending of emails or delay the, so if you want to check email, say I've got one client, for example, who uh, deals with email throughout the day and then, um, but only sporadically. And then at night they go home and then they answer all the emails they need to, but they use a tool called Boomerang to send it out at, a, at the next morning. And the reason they do that is twofold. Number one, they can have the focus and attention to deal with the emails responsibly at that time of night. They're not getting overwhelmed by all the interruptions. But number two, they're also setting a boundary to say, hey, even though I'm answering this email at eight o'clock at night, I'm sending it at nine in the morning. So that way, you know, Bob on the other end doesn't see that you send an email at 930 at night and figures that you're available at 930 at night anytime. Because there's a lot more messaging and communication oh, than just, true. you know what I mean? That. Yeah, I was yeah. I was considering the fact that well, Bob might not even be awake at that time to receive the email and then it would get lost. Right, but there are a lot of people I work with where they are literally addicted to email and they will answer email at 11 and, and 10 o'clock, even earlier. And so, and plus there's time zones, right? Like if you're working online like we are, I mean, you've got people that are in Australia or the other side of the other side of the world that are up at the time that, you know, it's 11. And I know you used to be more of a night owl like I am now. I'm a night owl. Mm -hmm. uh, if I send emails at, you know, midnight uh, and I schedule them for, you know, I send them at that time, I'm going to have people responding. Yeah, so it's about setting those boundaries. And I think that's ultimately what you want to do is you want to assess your situation. And that's what I do with clients is say, okay, what are acceptable boundaries? One client I worked with yesterday, he checks his email, but what he does is he has three blocks of time that he'll schedule his emails to go out. So if he answers an email at eight o'clock, he actually has it scheduled to go out at 10. And then anything after that first email check will go out at noon. So he has like this different schedule. So that way he's not getting, he's able to deal with the flow of email that he has coming in. And another thing that I've worked with with people is, look, you know, your inboxes are over, over you know, they're overflowing in a lot of cases. And again, we're focusing on email here in particular is a lot of people just leave things in their inbox, which is basically like saying, I'm going to not bother, you know, I'm not going to bother opening it. It's like, it's a big mystery every time you open up your email. Well, all I've had clients do is just like we do with theme days is I had them create seven folders, one for each day of the week. Maybe if they don't answer email on weekends, one for each weekday. And all they do is they, they look at their email in their inbox and they say, am I going to deal with this now or am I going to deal with this later? If you're going to deal with it later, okay, am I going to deal with it this week? If so, what day of the week am I going to deal with it? And you drag it to that day. And so it's getting more deliberate and more intentional with these kind of inputs. So that way you're not, you're not, you're not spending more time, say, examining things. You're actually spending time executing. I think that's what we need. What, what a lot of the clients I work with, they end up going from that examination phase, like mm -hmm. just spending time looking and actually go into the execution phase. Nice. One of the things that I love is when I can feel that rhythm, right? And that flow, right. you're, you're just in the groove, right? And things are going well. And then there, there are like we just talked about bad interruptions, things that yep. we're like, no, get, like we know immediately that this isn't something we should be doing at the time when we should be doing something else. Um, but then I think the more evil is uh, of, of the interruptions or the good interruptions, such as, mm. um, you know, new opportunities. So, for example, you have this these theme days and things are going well, you're in the rhythm and then boom, some incredible, you know, you've been working hard, you've been producing and all of a sudden it opens up new opportunities, which then actually get in the way of that rhythm and then actually start to decrease your productivity and your efficiency. And um, like, how does one even deal with with that? Because, you know, as we're trying to improve, as we're trying to get better, uh, better and for obviously list people, people who are listening to this, they're um, building their businesses, they're getting more exposure, building their authority, that's going to open up new opportunities, which are great, but not everybody should latch onto those immediate opportunities all the time. How do you help people balance you know, those opportunities that may actually get in the way of the things that we should be doing. 
Well, and that's the great thing about theming your days, right, is that that's why I love that because it also allows you to deliberately delay things that are on those theme days. So, for example, if today I get an email from somebody that is a great opportunity and today is my deep work day, I'll I mean, I obviously answer emails on those days. But um, what will happen is, is I will then that's an interruption in that day. So if I take take the time to take care of that, then my question once I'm done dealing with that isn't, OK, what now? It's, oh, OK, it's, fr you know, it's Friday, let's say it's deep work day. Let me get back into the deep work stuff. So I think what happened, what people need to do is if they have these good opportunities that come along is, yeah, you're going to have those interruptions that come up. But the key is, is if you theme your days or again, there's another type of theming called horizontal theming, which those of you out there who like to schedule every moment of the day, which I am not a big believer in, because again, when those opportunities or those distractions or disruptions come along, they can completely derail your plan. Um, so horizontal theming would be, okay, I'm going to block out from nine to 11 to work in communication. And from 11 to one, I'm going to work on writing. So you could go horizontal with it. But what happens is, is that if you if you have these interruptions that come up at the end of the day, like you're talking about, Pat, you can see, okay, well, today was writing day. Oh, I got all this writing done today, but there's three bits of writing I didn't get done today. I guess I'm getting it done next Monday in your case, right? So it allows mm -hmm. you to have a place to put it instead of you going, okay, well, I'll do this tomorrow or the next tomorrow or the next tomorrow. And then all of a sudden the tomorrows pile up. Another tactic that I, that I teach people, and I think that this, this helps with those good opportunities, is a lot of people work by project, right? You know, that's how we've been trained to work is, you know, we get into a project and, and when we work by project, it's kind of like if you were to go meal, you know, you, you plan your meals for the week, like you said on Sunday, it'd be like you going into the grocery store and shopping by day of the week, as opposed to by department of the grocery store. I mean, you're not going to go to the meat department five to seven times. You're going to go there once and gather everything up. Mm -hmm. Same thing with produce. Well, when we work by project, we're doing the thing that you would never do in a grocery store because you're going to pick up the phone and call somebody. Then you're going to write a blog post. Then you're going to send an email. Then you're going to jump into ConvertKit and add a newsletter or whatever. You're, you're going into all these different phases. Whereas if you work by mode and you say, okay, I am now in my theme day is writing and, oh, I'm feeling – let's say you're feeling you've got low energy and I've got five different categories of modes and we could talk about that a little bit here um, or a little bit later. But you could say, okay, I'm feeling rather drained right now. I'm feeling low energy. You know, Okay, well, let me look at all the low energy things I can do that are in my writing theme day. And maybe that's when you're going to send emails or do social media. Mm -hmm. So you give yourself again, these, these waypoints so that your brain can connect to these things quickly. Uh, so that way, when these opportunities do arise, you categorize them accordingly and you can say, okay, Oh, this is a new opportunity. I'm going to call this, you know, a new opportunity. I'm going to label this new opportunity mode. You can actually schedule that or you can block time out for that depending on the day of the week that you want to, you want to focus on it based on your theme. So it, it does scale out. But uh, I think that that's what happens is a lot of people, they get caught up and they don't have a plan for their day. And then when these disruptions come up, good or bad, they have no con they have no way to get bring themselves back to what they were doing in the first place. And because of that, they don't feel that they can take advantage of those opportunities should they come along. And better still, better yet, they don't know what to say yes or no to in the first place. Yeah, let's talk about that really quick. I think that's a really important thing. And some, actually, I know uh, you recently experienced something where you had said yes to something that was actually um, getting in the way of things, even though yep. it sounded like it was one of those good opportunities. And what I'm talking about is Mike was actually asked to uh, write the book on productivity, uh, literally, um, uh, and uh, but by a company out there that produces books on various topics. You can probably guess uh, which one that might be. Um, t tell us how that went and and why it's not 
going anymore? So I was approached, I was basically handed a book deal, which uh, I didn't, I never, I mean, I've, I've worked for one for, and I've had published books before, but this one was kind of just, it fell into my lap and it, you know, it was a, it was, I was flattered and I thought it was a great opportunity. I weighed the pros and cons. The pros definitely outweighed the cons at first blush. And I didn't um, assess, I didn't take the time to disconnect and assess everything else that I had going on. Productivity is it's growing. I've got a family that, you know, my daughter's playing sports now. There's a lot more stuff going on, a lot more moving parts. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, made the decision to write the book. And, you know, it was a very accelerated timeline with, with the series that it, it generally is. And uh, as I got into the process, I found that other things started to fall by the wayside. And you notice this, too. It's actually funny. Our, our, our mutual friend Chris Ducker talks about burnout. Yeah. And I saw the signs of it <laughs> happening. But, you know, you don't want to you don't want to let anybody down. Like what were those signs? Oh, um, uh, I was getting flustered. I was uh, my theme days were falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, like and, and when you when I, and again, if you have a framework in place and it starts to fall apart, you know, that you've put too much in there. Like you just know that that, that um, you know, I wasn't able to we've been trying to bring on somebody to help for a while. I kept pushing that off. So I kept pushing off those things that were going to have higher yield impacts down the line. I wasn't critically thinking well enough. I was basically just, you know, I was cranking widgets more than anything else. And uh, I was standing, uh, I was basically pacing around it. I was uh, doing a workshop in Cincinnati and, uh, there was a bunch of stuff going on in my head and I just basically stopped and said, I can't do this anymore. This is just too much. The, the, the timeline's too accelerated. I'm not enjoying the process of the, of this, mm-hmm. of this. And, and I just turned around and, and I called my wife cause you know, you don't make, I, I made the, I made one mistake, which was I quit when I quit Costco, I actually quit without telling my wife initially it was fine. It worked out. But I've, that's a lesson learned. <laughs> you make decisions with your partner. Uh, and so I called her up and I said, um, you know, I'd, this is how I'm feeling. And she said, you know what? It, I'm seeing it affect you on a wide range of scale. So that's another thing you should do is, is ask people around you. Like how, totally. you know, and, and she basically called me out. And then she reassured me. She said, look, we don't need this. You know, you're, things are working out really well. This is not the book you want to write. If, if this is how it's working for you. And I basically, I rescinded the deal. I backed out, advance went back, all that fun stuff. And my, my shoulders felt, you know, you know, I, the weight was off my shoulders. Um, everything started to get back into the, the groove, not mm-hmm. a routine, but a groove. And I think there's a very big difference between them. And yeah, it was a lesson learned. I probably won't get a, a deal with that, that particular company again, but, uh, lesson learned. Um, one of the things that I didn't do, and, and, you know, there's that old adage, you teach what you need to learn the most. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in this case, it was one of those situations where I should have stepped back and, uh, said, you know what? No. So actually the default more often than not, when you're building a business, especially if you've got a lot of moving parts and high quality moving parts is the default should almost be no before it's yes. And Derek Sivers has written about this and I love Derek's work. You know, the idea of, you know, hell no, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of philosophy that I'm, I'm, you know, getting into, into my brain a lot more. And, and once you have that in there, then you start creating those boundaries. Like you said, you know, on Wednesdays, you only have meetings on Wednesdays. I mean, that's you, and you create those boundaries using some tools. I use tools to do that because my, I'm a people pleaser. I like to say yes. I like to help people out. But it, but by having these tools in place, it creates these boundaries. So I never have the opportunity to say yes or no. It's the tool that helps me with that. So um, 
a lesson learned. And sometimes those great opportunities, you really need to take a step back and, and weigh them up against everything else that you've got going on so that, you know, you can make the best decision for everybody, not just for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had mentioned tools. Are there specific tools that you feel people should be, you know, do you, you mean things like apps or? or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, again, I'm a big believer in self-automation first. So the idea of you and I theming our days, that's self-automation. That, you know, you're, you've got it in your head. This is what happens. But I think there's tools like, like I love using Acuity scheduling for my scheduling because I can go in there and, and you can use tools like Calendly. Any kind of calendar scheduler that you can use, I think is helpful. What's the one that you use? What's it called? I use Acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y. Um, and the reason I use it is because we can use it for, we have other coaches that we're working with now that are teaching uh, that I've, because uh, my client list is blown up. So we've got others that I've trained. And so we can all manage everybody within that. So, you know, when we pay them and all that stuff, we can see what they've done and, and block things out oh, accordingly. Okay. But, but it's, it's like Calendly or schedule once like those other ones that are well known. And, uh, I basically made it so that nobody can book, uh, interviews with me, uh, to be on my podcast other than Wednesday. So I never have to think about it again. Same thing with Tuesday. Tuesday is a day where I'm willing to take meetings with people versus, you know, any other day of the week. So same, same thing. So it, it gives you the ability, like that tool in particular, gives you the ability to block out stuff. And, and for those people out there who are like, oh, I don't know, I like to have someone do it for me, or I don't like to send links off to people to say, hey, book a time, you're saving them time. Yeah. Instead of doing the email dance back and forth, which is a waste of time, a massive waste of time. You just say, hey, look, and, and you know, have maybe a couple of different responses. If it's somebody that you don't really know very well, you can be a bit more, you know, informal or rather formal. But if it's if it's somebody that you know, you're going to say, hey, you know what? I just want to save us some time and energy here. Click on this link. Um, you'll find a spot. It's automatically booked. I like to have it automatically booked so that if they pick it, it's the one they get. And I'll be there. And it really, you know, once you get past that initial fear of, you know, oh, well, I don't want to seem like I'm too important, mm -hmm. uh, you, it, it really works out well for you. So that's a tool I love to use. I, I'm starting to use tools like Zapier a bit more to automate uh, outside of, uh, but I don't, I'm not a huge fan of having too many things automated because if you have too many things automated, then they're, the likelihood of them breaking, especially since they're reliant on so many other services like Evernote, et cetera, uh, that can be a problem too. And I'm a big believer in using a digital task manager for your to-do list because uh, while paper is great as, you know, kind of a quick capture and, and get in front of your face kind of a tool, mm -hmm. um, long-term storage for those ideas that you may want to approach, you know, three, four, six, ten months down the road, having a digital tool to do that is far better. And the one I use with my team is Asana. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a huge fan of that. And I use Todoist for my own personal stuff. So I actually have two of them and they, and and again, just to just to make sure I don't miss anything, I actually have a task in Todoist that says every morning to check Asana. Like I, I, I'm that I, I need to be that critical about it, because if I'm not that critical about it, then that's when I run into issues. Right. And you need to be honest with yourself, for those of you listening with, you know, what really you need help with. I think a lot of people often feel like they don't want to get these tools because they feel like they can do it themselves or they're they're copping out because they're letting a machine do it. Um, but really it's, it's something that can help you improve your life because when you think about it, it's something less that you have to think about so that you can think more about something else. Well, yeah, I mean, I, there are things that I have in my digital task app, like put up Christmas decorations. I have that repeating every single year because I, the only other time I would think about it is if I drive by somebody's house and I see Christmas decorations, I'm like, oh, I should put those up. I never want to have to think about that stuff. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, uh, that I know 
from my own personal experience, both working nine to five and also as an entrepreneur, uh, is that that is a really big time suck that is not productive at all, or it wasn't at least for me in the beginning, uh, were meetings. Um, this, mm. It's one of those, th- there are books on how to do meetings well and be more productive, productive with meetings. So I'm curious if that's an issue that any of your clients run into, uh, and, and if yes or no, either way, I'd love for you to speak on on how do we make meetings more efficient because a lot of times it's just this boring thing that sometimes happens and you feel like you just have to do it because it's just something you've always done and you know I'd love for people who are listening to this especially those who are working nine to five to maybe be able to uh, you know share something with their upper management about how they might be able to run their meetings better. Well, I think the one thing that a lot of people, when they, when they're dealing with meetings, it, it, they are a huge time suck. So one of the biggest things that you you might want to do, and Jason Freight's talked about this at Basecamp, is to have standing meetings. I love the idea of standing meetings because, and when I say standing, I don't mean like the same time all the time. I mean you're standing up, like literally meeting. standing up. Yeah, yeah. Because people can only stand for you know 25 minutes at a time, half hour. They're not going to be able to stand for a full hour. So it, it you know status meetings are some of the worst meetings. You know, they're one of the worst meetings you could possibly have because a lot of that stuff can be done without without us actually having them, you know, happen uh, in person. You can have them like there's so many tools out there that allow for them to happen. The other thing that, that, you know, we have a tool, we have a product called meeting makeover where we dive into this a little bit deeper, but uh, John Polstra, who actually produces my podcast as well, he's a meeting facilitation uh, expert and he's really good at this stuff is an agenda. If you're going to go into meetings, like have it, they have to have an agenda because if they don't, then they get you end up getting derailed like crazy. Uh, so having an agenda is really important, um, and making sure that there's a deadline as to when things can be added to the agenda. And there are again lots of tools out there. There's a um, Meeting Hero. There's Do.com. There's a lot of them out there that you can actually have agendas built in that anybody can access on the cloud at any given time if you want. Uh, and then you know the other thing is is to have somebody facilitate the meeting that may not necessarily be the person that's in charge. So uh, if you're in a larger organization or if you're on a team, like you, you've got a small team, Pat, you could end up having somebody that says, you know what, um, hey, you, you, you facilitate this meeting to keep us on track. Uh, so whenever I have a meeting, John always facilitates it because he's really good at it mm-hmm. and he just keeps us on track. And I think that that's another area that you want to make sure that you, you have you have somebody that keeps you on track. That, that, you know, keeps the meeting flowing. And then the other thing is minutes. Minutes are, are important. And if you can record the meeting, and I know you're a fan of Rev.com, I yep. am too, uh, record the meeting if you're doing it, let's say, virtually, um, and then send it off to Rev.com or send it off to somebody who could transcribe and then have those meeting minutes. Like if you don't want to do them automatically, if you don't have somebody actually take them, you can actually have them transcribed and then edit them so that way you have them to refer to later and then post them somewhere where everybody can see them, whether again, like maybe a Google Doc or Evernote or whatever you're using. But the thing about meetings, the other thing is is to make sure Mondays are terrible days for meetings and so are Fridays. So Tuesdays through Thursdays are other ideal days to have meetings because Monday – First off, no one's going to have any – they're just getting back from the weekend and they're going to have a whole slew of stuff, you, yourself included. And then Friday, everyone's on wind down, right? So Tuesdays and Thursdays tend to be the best times to have them. Think about webinars. Webinars generally happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays and sometimes Wednesdays. Same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And again, keep them short, like you know, 25-minute meetings, half-hour meetings. Uh, there's a there's a productivity methodology called Holacracy. don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a lot of meetings. It's very meeting-heavy, but they're small groups – and short meetings. 
And it really, really works in that environment. Medium uses it. I think Square uses it as well. And so there's these little tiny satellite meetings that happen more frequently, but they're driven, they're focused, and people, the only the essential people are there at any given time. So I think having those strategies in mind are, you know, are, are key. And if you don't need to be at a meeting, don't go. Like if you don't need to be at that meeting, uh, you know, find out if you even need to be there. You know, if, if, if your presence isn't actually required, then just, you know, when you have minutes and you have a proper agenda and everything set up, you don't have to attend as many meetings. I have clients that I had one client and he would sit in on every meeting. And I said, you, the, the reason why are you sitting on the meeting? He goes, well, I'm just sitting there. I'm doing other work while I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, a, you're disrespecting the meeting, number one. And number two, I said, you're, you're meeting with these clients uh, uh, who you've got your subordinate who is supposed to be handling a lot of the relationships with these clients. And if you're in there all the time, when things go, you know, a bit awry and you need to be in a, you actually need to be in a meeting, the impact of the meetings you actually need to be in is lessened. So I would make it so that you're not in any of the meetings unless you need to be. And then when you show up to a meeting, everyone's like, oh, this guy's here. We, we better, you know, the heavy is here. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's about being intentional. Again, intentional, being intentional about what meetings you intend and being intentional on how long these meetings are going to be and intentional about what needs to be discussed. And then being intentional, making sure that the stuff that gets discussed gets reported. Love it. So for everybody out there listening, the next meeting that you have, just be conscious. Think to yourself, do I really need to be here? And maybe just stand up. <laughs> just stand up yep. and set the example, <laughs> whatever you want to do. But anyway, uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about is, Mike, how would you tackle a brand new project that you're working on? What are some things that you can do before you even start working on that project to set yourself up for success? How do you put those kinds of things into um, your existing framework or, or schedule? What are some of the things you can also do to just keep yourself moving forward, especially when you, know, when you start to do the work in the beginning, it's fun, but then over time you're like, man, this is a lot of work, and then you start putting other things in its place. Yeah, for me, when it comes to projects, one of the things I've done is I, I plan my year out well in advance. In fact, you know, I mean, I, I start my new year in September mm -hmm. because I like to mirror it after the school year for the kids because the kids are out in July and August. So basically my year starts in September. So I'm almost halfway done uh, my year at this point, my 20s. Nice. But, what, but what I do is I, uh, the way I, I orchestrate what projects I want to take on is I have what uh, Chris Brogan calls the three words. And I choose three words for every year. And if I want to take on a project before I, I actually decide to take it on, I assess it based on the three words. Will it hit two of those three words? If it doesn't hit two of those three words, I don't, I just, I just shelve it. And shelving, it means not putting it in say to do list or Asana. It means leaving it in Evernote, like in, in, a, in the idea I've got like this idea bucket in Evernote yeah, I have one and of it just too. sits there. Yeah. It just sits there. Um, and, and every, and every time I do my, my planning for the year, I go back in and review it. And I have a task again in, in, in Asana that says review idea bucket. And it, it only comes up once every six months or so. Um, because I don't want to overwhelm, especially when you're working with a team, you don't want to throw in my mind, these ideas that I have, I don't necessarily want to overwhelm people with them because uh, a lot of people that I work with initially don't know how to use, let's say, Asana or any of these other tools, and they just see this big you know, mess of stuff, and they're like, what does this all mean? So uh, the other thing I do is I theme my months. So uh, in addition to the daily theming process, so for example, if I'm doing writing online writing on Tuesday and I'm not sure what I'm going to write about, I look at my monthly theme and I say, oh, uh, this month's theme is this. 
So this is what, so let's say I'm working on my now year course. Okay, well, I'm going to write stuff related to the now year course. Mm -hmm. So I always have these higher waypoints and they go into, they go into Asana as projects. So each monthly theme has its own project and it's, it's almost like a, a top level project. And then I have section headers that break it up, but that's kind of how I, I assess it. And that's how I, I work through it. So every, and I, I plan, you know, again, because I start my year in September, I'm, probably about four months ahead in a lot of ways. It's kind of like how I deal with being a night owl. When people ask me, when do you get the stuff that the early risers get done? I go, then I say, well, I get it done the night before because if I don't, then I'm behind. So uh, the other thing I do is I just dump, like if I have, so for my monthly themes or if I have ideas that come to mind, I just basically do a brain dump of all the tasks that might be associated with it because that's the only way you're going to get a sense of what's involved with the project. So if you just put down like write book, well, that's not going to be really helpful. (laughs) You know, like, okay, well, what, what do I want to do? And, and I've gotten better with this. Thanks to, thanks to, you know, yourself and, and other people that are really far more experienced in the, in the online, you know, like how to, how to communicate and market better. I've, the, the tasks I've had to add, like, so like do a launch. I'm like, okay, well there's a 20 step process to that, which, yeah. you know, you never used to, but you have to think all that through because as a writer, or as a content creator, it, it, it's not just, I make content and leave it. Uh, you know, there's so much more to it. So that's kind of how I work through all my big projects, personal and professional. You know, I will sit down and I will, and, and I use 3M products to help me. Like when I'm actually mapping this stuff out, Pat, I've got this, um, these big, these, uh, big sticky notepads that 3M makes. Mm-hmm. And I actually write down like the monthly theme on the top of each one of them. And I'm looking at this on a big wall and I write down all the things that could fall into that monthly theme. So it kind of gives me a, a broad and I take a step back and I look at it and then I bring it forward. I've got this, um, uh, this it's called like all the idea, the the big idea experiment or whatever. And it works out that way where I, I can see all this stuff and then I capture it into the appropriate tool. If I know what's going to fit with one of my, with two of my three words for the year, it goes into Asana. And if it doesn't, it's, it's an Evernote. And, and I will, I mean, I have a spark file in Evernote that's deep, deep and long. And, and that's where I go to find writing ideas. And it, you know, I mean, when I, when I break down projects, I think it's really important that you break them down to their, their smallest component because mm-hmm. then, and then I attach modes to them, of course, like I was saying that I've got five different categories. So if it's something that I know is going to take me, uh, it's going to have to be something I work in convert kit. I have a convert kit mode. So that means I do all the stuff in convert kit at once, as opposed to jumping back and forth. So it's, it's, it's a, it's an it's been an evolving process, but it the the fact the biggest thing I can suggest to everybody is when you when you have a project, ask yourself how big is this project? What and if you have a task, ask yourself when you write down the task like write book. That's not a task; that's a project, and break it down to its smallest components. Man, Mike, that was awesome. Thank you, thank you so much for that. It's gonna be really helpful for a lot of people, and it's a great reminder for me too as I move into the new year here. Um, and, uh, by the time people are listening to this, it's going to be 2017 and they're probably going to be starting or uh, hopefully close to starting their major projects for the year. So this will be very handy to them. Mike, thank you so much. Again, I'm sure we could talk for hours and hours and hours, uh, about a whole bunch of different things together, but obviously we want to be mindful of people's time too. But before we go, where can people go and find, uh, more stuff from you? Well, uh, the best place to go for everybody listening today is go to productivities.com slash pat because I talked about the categories of modes. I've talked about theme-based work. You'll get a primer on the now year method, which is the productivity approach I teach to clients and that others I've taught to teach to clients at this point. So uh, that's exclusive for you guys there. And I'm also at Mike Vardy on the Twitter and at Productivityist on Instagram. So that's uh, productivityist.com slash pat. 
Cool, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I look forward to, to following up with you at some point in the future. Thanks so much, Pat. Have a great time. Thanks. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mike Vardy from productivityist.com. That's productivityist.com. And again, if you want to check out that uh, special offer, he has a free download to learn even more about kind of his, his system, his framework, uh, and all those kinds of things. Go ahead and go to productivityist.com slash pat. So uh, yeah, that's where you go. Also, if you want the quick and easy way to access all that stuff, just go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 256. That's how you'll get to the show notes and the resources, everything mentioned on this particular topic. Uh, this is a great episode. Thank you, Mike. Again, I appreciate your time and uh, just sharing everything for everybody else out there. I also wanna thank today's sponsor, GoDaddy, for uh, sponsoring today's episode. You know, they have a mission to radically shift the global economy. They've been helping millions of small businesses and independent venture-ists, if you will, uh, with just giving them the tools they need, the the people to transform their ideas and the insights, and obviously the ability to get cheap domains, which is really important, obviously, if you're getting a new business idea off the ground, you wanna get that domain name and reserve it. Uh, you want to get domain names to forward to special parts of your website, especially if you have a podcast or do any YouTube videos. Uh, or you are just in person, wanna share something that's easy for people to get to. For example, if I share podcastingtutorial.com, which was registered through GoDaddy, you can easily get to my podcasting tutorial. If you go to willitflybook.com, that easily just brings you to amazon.com for you because it just uses GoDaddy to forward through into that domain. And I have, uh, I have dozens of other ones that work in the same way that I've mentioned in other podcast episodes. So you can actually right now get a special discount on a GoDaddy domain if you use the code SMART30 at checkout. Uh, you can get that for all new purchases with you know most things. And so once again, that's godaddy.com. Use the code SMART30 for 30% off. You know, it's March now. It's a time that we can start to check in with ourselves to see how we are progressing with the goals that we set for ourselves for this year. So do a mental check with yourself before we finish up. I just want you to do that exercise. Just think to yourself, how well are things going this year at this point? Are you actually doing the work required to meet those goals that you wanted to uh, accomplish this year. And if not, well, now's a good time in March to kind of reassess, to readjust, uh, to adapt to certain new situations that have come about. Uh, I know what that's like because I got two kids and I'm always having to adapt. And yeah, it's it's one of the best things you can do, that, that little quick mental check-in. So do that with yourself and then use some of these frameworks that Mike talked about to help set yourself up for success for this year because uh, you, still got a pl you still got plenty of time to get things done. So uh, keep up the good work, take care, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast next week. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. And if you haven't left a review, I would love one. I read them all, uh, and I'm just so thankful for all the support. I appreciate you. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. 
For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.